0: we have MyQA Ion and IonRT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron, and proton radiotherapy, and we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway for SGRT.
1: and welcome to Radchat, the multi-award winning therapeutic radio-led oncology podcast. My name is Jo Macamara and I'm joined by fellow host naman Joel Canderson. Hi everyone. So we're here at UKIO and we have been absolutely delighted to have an inspirational guest join us in the podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: My name's Chris Lewis and I've been a speaker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Chris... Obviously you presented at UKIO, what were
2: you talking about? I was talking about the patient experience uh, of cancer and, and maybe how we can do things a lot better. I have a business experience and uh, which I thought might help uh, some of the things that I see daily uh, that, that can be done better. And I'm not just talking about putting more finance into it, I'm just talking about being more efficient. What is it about the patient voice that we really need to listen to? basically uh, listen is is the key word there actually Um, you you know I talked earlier on about when every every patient that comes even if they've got the same disease they're a different it's a different case totally right they've got a different background they've got different problems financially everyone's got different issues that they need sorted and we know there's no you know no one-size-fits-all but in my opinion, we don't listen well enough uh, to find out really what the, what the real problem is. And success depends on where you're sitting, so, um, you know, if I come with, with bad cancer, which I had, I had stage 4 cancer, and I'm still here 16 years later, that is success for my oncologist, right? But, I can't do a lot of things I was doing before. So, A, I'm grateful for my life and I, and I would, you know, I'm grateful for everything. But I think that we're now st- a stage or two on where we should be looking at thriving with cancer because we all talk about how many wonderful people are now surviving with their cancer. That, that's progress, right? But actually, it's, life's not just about surviving. We, we want to get on and live a life. We understand it's going to be a different life. But we'd like to do a little bit more, more focus on, on what you can do afterwards rather than leaving you in a heap once you've done your work. So Chris, how is it living with cancer? Uh, as I said, I said during my talk, living with cancer, is, once you mention to somebody cancer, their life's changed. Yeah. Right, right? Whether they have stage one, a little bit of mold they've got to get cut off, or whether they have their entire blood system infected wow. by cancer. Cancer's life changing because let's be honest, you never really escape it once once somebody's mentioned it to you, it's there all the time yeah. like a like a bad smell you can't get rid of. And any other aches and pains that you get afterwards, you're like oh, is it this, has it not cancer returned? And you know, the wheels of the health service turn so slowly, you're waiting for scan results and other bits and pre-new appointments. Um, so yeah, it's difficult. It's it's it, Small more obstacles in the way. Uh, you know, I'm quite a proactive person and um, it's been quite hard to do that, to fit everything around what I want to do, around hospitals and my limitations of going in the sun and doing all these sort of things. It uh, makes it quite difficult. I have to really adapt. There's a lot of consideration, I think. As healthcare practitioners, we learn about treatment side effects, what to do, but I think for us in radiotherapy, for example, we only see patients for a short amount of time. But obviously like you said 16 years on still living with the consequences of the treatment I think lots of people who come on the podcast lots of patients they say oh my healthcare professional said well you know you just have to live with it we cured you is that something you've ever heard I don't agree with that I think that's a very unfair thing to say to uh, a person. no I haven't heard that well I mean I've heard it yeah I haven't heard it personally but I, I hear people that talk about it quite frequently And that's what I say, what is success? What is success? There's two versions of success. When you're talking to your oncologist, you know, he's happy that he's not cured you, but he's put you into remission. Uh, But but he he might have taken big parts of your body away, right? So uh, I think it's all about, I I did the talk, and it's all about learning about the patient and just listening. A little bit more. What does that patient want to achieve? What yeah. what what do they think is success? Not not what what do, do they th- you know? What does the clinician think? What does the patient consider success? Yeah. So
1: Chris, you mentioned kind of about the work
2: that you do, the advocacy. Why do you do it? Huh. So I had a busy life before. I, I, I had a great job. I loved my job, and you know if my choice was there, I'd still be doing it. I, I loved it. Working like a crazy man, but I actually loved my job. uh I was travelling all over the world, buying, selling, negotiating, which is which is what I'm good at. um yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> where did I get to? <laughs> <that>? <laughs> I lost the question. So,
1: what, why do you do? Oh, okay, yeah. You? So, That's so
2: basically, thing. I was fortunate enough yeah. to be given extra time. Right? Uh, I mean, there were there were two or three times that I was near to death, uh, and. My wife didn't know if I was going to be alive tomorrow. So when I I made it step by step, by step, by step, by step, and then I thought, right, what the hell am I going to do? Because I you know, i was so around the hospital, I can't travel around the world negotiating deals. What am I going to do? Actually, this cancer thing's terrible. You know, I'm sitting in the waiting room with these poor codgers and, and young codgers too, right? And, and I was like, this is terrible. This is not what was advertised. Where is the help for these people? And I honestly couldn't get it. I went to the big main organisations, nothing, nothing. All they wanted to know was fundraising and all this sort of thing. Just nothing was there, really, and honestly. And I thought, I can't believe that. In this country, with the numbers that we've got, we've got nothing really practical. You you know, employers don't want to employ you. The banks want to take their money back. Insurers just see you. They just want to milk you for money. Uh, You're discriminated against all the time. And I thought, no, this is not right. But am I the only one who thinks like that? Uh, As it turned out, I'm not, and so you know I've got my gang together, (laughs) and we're getting a bigger gang as it goes along. And um, now I've got a voice after 12 years. I've I've actually got a voice. I've always had a voice, but I've got one that people listen to. Yeah. Uh, Now I'm probably an authority, Uh, not an authority on cancer, by the way, but an authority on living with cancer. And uh, unfortunately, I get enough to, to I get asked to talk. With clinicians and like at sessions like this, because clinicians want to learn too right? yeah. uh, and and who better to learn from than their customer so that's that's why these are so so important but I honestly couldn't I couldn't go I couldn't finish my time if I died I needed to put a few wrongs right and I've got a talent uh, it's only my personality it's the only one I've got but <laughs> I know that it's a good weapon and, yeah. and I can use that for the good. I use the ups and out to, to earn money. right? But now I don't have to earn money. I use it to help people. And you know I've been doing that for 14, 15 years. Not only do I do it with the cancer community, as you say, I've got my own charity. So we help now uh, financially disadvantaged people get onto your podcasts and stuff <laughs> by giving them giving them some free phones and SIM cards and helping them get into the system. What top tip will you give to healthcare practitioners listening to this episode now? Just just treat us as humans and don't don't fear engagement. Because, you know, I spoke in the session about it. So, some of you guys work behind the scenes, right? You're busy on your computers, you've got all your wonderful communicator, your qualifications and just, Badges and MAs and BScs and all that, right, it's brilliant. You know, you guys thoroughly know what you're doing. But what we now we're now entering a world where communication is absolutely key. And you know, if you go on a night out, you're not going to stand around the bar like a lemon, right? You're going to go and start introducing yourself to people. It's, it, it, yeah. it's no different in healthcare, right? I said it. I said it at the end of the talk. You know, maybe if you don't get out so much, it just. Oh, hello, what nice shoes on, you? Know. Or whatever, whatever it might be. Just engage more because people give back once they start. They're, they're, because there always is that barrier. It's, it's an us and them thing, isn't it? I don't want to talk to that guy, you know, he's a professor or he's whatever he is. Uh, so just just really basic communication, really. It's, it's a simple thing, but probably one of the biggest problems that we ever have.
1: Chris, do you want to promote your charity?
2: What is it that it's called? What uh, do you do? My charity is called Your Sin It's been going seven years. It's totally unique in this country. Uh, we're a registered charity. You'll find us online, uh, and we help anybody totally free that cannot connect to the internet. Uh, whether you're schools, domestic violence, cancer, healthcare. I oh, mean, we've got we've got some smart hubs now going around. In uh, radiotherapy and chemotherapy vans for the NHS. We've got them on wards now. We give them to schools that help kids with homework. And that came, we started originally doing people with cancer uh, seven years ago, but then COVID came, totally took over the world, changed our world completely. Yeah. That we now rely on digital, and that's why I think this is a wonderful thing. But what we don't Understand enough is that most of the people that really need it don't have it. You know, nobody. A lot of them don't have extra Wi-Fi. A lot of them don't have Wi-Fi at home at all, uh, or or smart devices that that, that can do all this wonderful communication. So it's becoming, if we're not careful, it's becoming a bit exclusive. Again, there's there's another jump coming. You know, the smartphones are getting smarter, health apps, and all of this thing. Wonderful. It's a wonderful thing really it's it, it's the future it has to be but at the moment so many people are getting left behind yeah. so we're only plastering it really but we're, we're trying to enable people to stay connected you know people who haven't got jobs people on the street you know not, not only have they got cancer but they've got those other problems too and they've got no money yeah. so we just like to do some good really we, we're just uh, friends we are a registered charity but we're very innovative we look to go where others don't go yeah. uh, and we can move very very quickly we don't have the uh, the dinosaur behind us as a, as a lot of them do uh, so we're already moving we're already supplying people you know people are out there chatting about it they have conferences about it and I okay yeah but actually we're doing it you know what I mean amazing well, thank you so much
1: Chris for joining us no
2: thank you very much for having thank me you. it's great thank yeah. you